0: hello everybody you are listening to the enlighten me podcast i'm your host Mackenzie, and i'm so glad that you're here today we are back with episode 85 of the show and before we dive in i want to take a second to thank a sponsor who is helping to make this show possible today's show is made possible by madison reed madison reed is an at-home hair color company that has formulated a collection of professional high performance hair color and care products Madison Reed Hair Color is free of harsh ingredients like ammonia and parabens, and instead they add hair-loving nutrients like keratin and argan oil to protect and pamper your hair. Their gorgeous multi-dimensional color is delivered to your door so you can do it yourself in under an hour. Some women are afraid of choosing the wrong shade, so Madison Reed provides access to professional, licensed hair colorists who are standing by to review your photos to help you find the shade that's perfect for you and offer support via phone, text, and chat. Use the link in the show notes to shop Madison Reed today. All right, happy July, friends. We're in the heat of summer now, but you may remember that just a few months back in May, we celebrated AAPI Heritage Month in the U.S. Some of you may know what this is already, while others may be wondering what AAPI stands for. That's okay, you're going to learn today. And during that month, I was able to sit down and interview a fellow talk radio host named Dr. Marissa. Dr. Marissa is known as the Asian Oprah, and today you'll see why. She is full of wisdom and wonderful advice, and she isn't afraid to tell us the truth. One of Dr. Marissa's many roles is as a motivational speaker, and let me tell you how motivated and inspired I felt after chatting with her. I wanted to talk with Dr. Marissa about Asian hate, as we've seen a lot more of that in the news lately. We had a great conversation on this topic, but a lot of what we talked about had to do with diversity as a whole. So no matter your race or your heritage, this conversation is for you today in part one she's sharing about her personal journey as a chinese woman living in america and how she became so passionate teaching on the value of diversity we also talk about the history of asian hate and some of the things we have seen going on in the country lately this was such a good conversation and you are going to learn so much i can't wait to share part two with you either make sure you subscribe to the show so that you know when part two is available and also leave a rating and a review for the show Rating and reviewing the show helps more people to find it, and it also helps me give away money to those in need, so why wouldn't you want to help with that? It only takes a few minutes to do, and you can do it while you listen on whatever app you're on or on your desktop browser. I want to take a second to thank someone who took the time to leave a review. This review is from Kay, and it says, I love, love, love the episode on sustainable-ish design and living. If you haven't already, you should definitely check out Atonement Design. Super cute items, wide variety at all price points, and the owner, Haley, is fantastic and fun and provides all kinds of tips on how to slowly improve on individual sustainability. I could not agree more with you, Kay. I thought the episode with Haley was amazing, and I love what she's doing, and I love that you love that episode. So thanks for leaving the review, and make sure you check out my other episodes, because I have a lot of episodes out there on sustainable living and conscious fashion. It's one of my favorite topics. Like I said, leaving a review only takes a few minutes, so please consider doing that while you listen and letting me know what your favorite episode has been. I love hearing that feedback. All right, friends, here is my conversation with Dr. Marissa. Hey, Dr. Marissa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Happy yes. to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on. Can you start with introducing yourself for everybody who's listening?
1: Absolutely. My name is Dr. Marissa. You may have heard of me as the Asian Oprah. I was actually introduced to Oprah as the Asian Oprah by Michael <laughs> Bernard Beckwith, and it's a very honorable moniker. Uh, Let's see, by education, I'm an organizational psychologist, which means that I go into companies and work with things like politics, miscommunication, power, just how things are not working, and try to get them into more joy and less stress at work. Uh I also do motivational speaking. Obviously, I'm so shy, uh, nothing to say, (laughs) (laughs) but I can travel around. Uh, speaking, um, I'm on a Happy 88 mission, which is 88 million more happy people in the next eight years, and that came out of uh, my number one bestseller called Eight Ways to Happiness from Wherever You Are, and that has um, hit eight bestseller lists, including number one on Amazon, number four on Denver Post. And then finally, last but not least, I have a syndicated award-winning talk radio TV show, in its ninth year, just celebrated nine years. I'm on episode 473 this week, and the show's called Take My Advice. I'm not using it. <laughs> get balanced with Dr. Marissa, and I'm so grateful to have had a plethora of really interesting guests from Ann Williamson to Ann from Gilligan's Island, who just passed but became a friend, and all kinds of... Fran Drescher came on to talk about how to reduce the risk of cancer. So I've had a plethora of interesting people but not just to talk about Hollywood but truly to uh, highlight I love stars that use their limelight to highlight areas of temporary darkness on our planet so mm. that's a little bit there yeah <laughs>
0: that's so cool Can you tell us about the nonprofit you run that's that goes hand in hand with Absolutely. the happiness mission right yes it does so eight ways to happiness
1: is my 501c. And uh, it's a, a baby that came out, uh, hashtag COVID silver lining. I never had time to do a nonprofit, but uh, because of COVID, thanks to COVID, my, my speaking tour in China and the Philippines came to an abrupt stop. I was grounded literally. And so I finally had time to start this beautiful uh, nonprofit that helps children teens and young adults who have temporarily forgotten their birthright to happiness. Mm -hmm. And so we provide programs and books. I have a children's book called mommy. What are feelings where every feeling has a taste, touch, sight, and sound. And it was illustrated by my daughters when they were five and seven. Um, It's been recognized by autistic communities. And so that book Mm -hmm. and the happiness book and programs, it supports that work and Mm -hmm. giving away these books to uh, the autism communities, for kids, all kinds of kids' organizations. So if you're listening and you're from a kids' organization, please do contact me. Happy to add you on my gift list.
0: Oh, that's cool. Okay. I would love to check out that book. Very neat. Okay. And then tell us about kind of your background. I know when we spoke earlier, you said that you've worked in the diversity and inclusion sector for a long time. So can you kind of tell us about your background work with that? Sure. Sure. And
1: before I forget, if you shop on Amazon and you haven't designated a nonprofit, I ah. would love it if you went to Smile Amazon and put Gays okay. to Happiness. That way you get a little bit. So um, diversity, value and diversity came about, uh, it was a personal journey, actually. I was born and raised in Canada in a very non-diverse area, uh, Kitchener, Waterloo, Ontario. And so from giggo being Chinese, was not okay. Uh, It was Chinese, Japanese, Dirty Knees, look at these, uh, cornered in stairwells, I would go home and my father would say, you know, I never should have left China. And so when people would say, are you Hawaiian, I would lie. And I would say yes, because that difference was okay. So I've come truly full circle to the point where I am proud of my Chinese roots. And that came about uh, probably A couple of decades ago and and come full circle, realizing that valuing one's own heritage is such an important part of being happy. And so there's the tie. And then uh, I was part of the original pioneering group. I'm grateful for that, who brought value and diversity into the workplace. So First Interstate Bank, which no longer is a bank, it got eaten by Wells Fargo. But I was part of the team that brought value and diversity for the first time to the executive ranks of uh, for-profit organizations. As well, I was part of the team who rolled out Valuing Diversity training and programs in Los Angeles County to 85,000 employees. So those two sort of began that journey. Since then, you know, I take these programs into Mattel, Amgen, you know, lots of different companies that want the competitive advantage. Kaiser Permanente, most recently, uh, who want the competitive advantage that goes with value mm-hmm. and diversity. So it's not just the right thing to do. It's also the more profitable thing to do because right. the studies show that differences create uh, enhanced creativity of ideas, innovation in mm-hmm. the workplace. However, there is a little bit more work to do because differences normally don't engender working together. Well, so I do a talk, uh, why can't we just get along? Or why can't we just get along? (laughs) And the answer is because we can't. It's a skill, interpersonal effectiveness when there is differences is an absolute skill.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow, that's so interesting. What cool work! Um, And so that kind of launches us into what we're really here to talk about today, which is. Asian hate which we've seen so much of lately and before we kind of get into what's going on right now I was wondering if you could give us maybe like a little bit of historical context to this conversation you know in our country there's a lot of talk about black history which is awesome and I love to talk about that But I feel like and maybe this is just my perspective being a little bit ignorant, but I feel like sometimes other cultures and races can get overlooked um, when we talk about history. So I was just wondering if you could shed some light on that for us.
1: Sure. You know, discrimination against Asians is not new. It has happened uh, from the beginning of, you know, when Chinese workers basically built half of your rail line from the middle to the West coast uh, Mm -hmm. where the Irish were taken advantage of in building the railroad from the East coast uh, to the middle. So uh, unfortunately we've gotten this uh, reputation of being called a model minority because no matter how much hate or how much discrimination with the Japanese uh, after Pearl Harbor, uh, we don't say anything we don't say wait a minute this is not okay what are you doing we just sort of take it and that part of our culture you know there's a saying in chinese and japanese the nail that stands up is hammered down and so it is part of our cultural roots to not make noise which it has hurt us right because it, it it's led to this horrific time uh starting way before uh, when covid started but Surely the exclamation mark has been uh, uh, placed since COVID started, and our past president would say things like the Chinese virus mm-hmm. and uh, what is it, uh, Kung flu, right. and and just uh, fuel, just like he did on Capitol Hill, fuel that anger and hatred and resentment and discrimination and racism mm-hmm. against. Asian Americans Mm -hmm. to the point where it's nothing for people to punch elderly Asian women and men to the ground Mm -hmm. and, and stab them and kill them. And it's just, you know, we've now finally, uh, I signed a petition in June because even with this, this, this was not new, even the more recent, no one had basically covered it until the Atlanta spa shooting. And then all of a sudden we have this uprising, but, you know, really it's been way long overdue. You know, I'm grateful. I'm not grateful for all the violence, but at least I am grateful that, you know, people are starting to speak up and show support and those who are not Asian are saying, we stand with you. And now we're looking at people of color. I've done a series on my show first after George Floyd, you know, is it black and white or is it, and now it's, it's people of color, helping people of color. Mm-hmm. So moving from even stop AAPI I have guests this week that are coming on. So we, you know, Asian solidarity, or we choose solidarity, Asian and more. So all of that is now happening as a direct result of harm mm-hmm. and pain. And I, it just totally follows my whole idea uh, of the happy 80 mission is you know, pain in life is mandatory, but suffering is optional. So if we're having pain in pain spots, how does that chisel us into greater and greater expansion, greater Mm -hmm. and greater peace, greater and greater love? That's the whole thing. So all of this aligns in the whole, you know, at the end of every show, I say peace in peace out world peace through inner peace, because unless we get to that place of peace in and of ourselves, We're never going to have world peace. Mm -hmm. So we all have to embrace everything wrong that is happening in our country so that we can heal together. Mm -hmm. So the finger pointing from one group to the other is not helping. Mm -hmm. The hashtag justified ignorance that people have about everything that's happening is not okay. Uh But it's not the awareness that makes a difference. Once you have that awareness, it's the willingness to do something about it. Uh So what's happening right now is we have a lot of white Americans that are really pissed off because people are saying, because of their color of their skin, you're a racist. Uh And they get completely unglued And how dare you call me a racist, I have Japanese friends and I eat Chinese food (laughs) and that, that response is actually, you know, confirming that you've just minimalized entire heritage and culture into, you know, friend set and food set. Uh So, so the work that's to be done now is if everybody could just take a breath through the nose and release through the mouth, ah, take a breath with me in through the nose. And releasing all the stories and the drama. And one more deep breath in. Connecting with me through chi, eternal energy, the breath of life that connects us all and understanding that we all share that breath, but we are not the same. Mm. And that the sooner we can acknowledge our differences without stereotyping, without attaching some negativity to the difference, but acknowledge that we all are different. We have group differences and within the group we have individual differences. We're not a mosaic because mosaic has sharp edges. We're not a melting pot because nobody wants to be, I'm melting, you know, but we are a stew. You know, we're you know, if you're a carrot, you're a carrot and you have qualities that are that are unique to your carrot, but all carrots are not the same size, mm-hmm. right? But a potato, same thing. The meat, same thing. Whatever you put in your stew, the same thing. But together, when you're working together, we get gravy. And the gravy is the commonality. And Usually gravy is really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we have to, you know, get through the lumps in the gravy. But that's the analogy that I love to use is because we are all in this together. Mm-hmm. And the more we acknowledge people as different and of value, the better we're going to be
0: hmm that's cool I like that analogy thank you okay so well okay so you mentioned Pearl Harbor which I thought was really interesting and it kind of made me think my listener audience is pretty diverse in age. So there's some people yeah. who might remember that. And then there's probably a lot of people listening who were not alive for that. So, um, I um, hope they had it in their history, uh, education at school. Yes, hopefully so. But if they've forgotten, <laughs> <laughs> um, can right. you tell us any other, were there any other events that kind of come to mind for you of like, Oh yeah, here's something that really contributed towards Asian hate over the years.
1: Well, I think the movie industry that has, uh, you know, summed up Asian women in me so horny or me so make you happy. All of that has hurt us a lot, Mm, um, which is why that whole spa shooting was ridiculous that he was just having a bad day versus he was targeting Asians. That that's an event of itself that continues, you know, this this allure of the Susie Wong, you know, Asian women are, are this, uh, you know, sex symbol. I, I, when I used to date, people, uh, guys would say to me all the time, you know, I've always been attracted to Asian women. And I would turn around. If I stayed, I would say, you know, the only way I'm going to, I'm not cooking for you, I'm not cleaning for you, and the only way I'm going to walk on your back is with high heels on. <laughs> 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 so, oh, so that that is definitely a event. The Pearl Harbor that I'm talking about is the, you know, part of the war, when uh, Pearl Harbor was bombed by the Japanese and in retaliation, they took all of the Japanese on the West coast and rounded them up and put them in in concentration camps. So Mm -hmm. that, uh, and, and, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, righteous indignation partially because of our upbringing in not making waves and not bring shame to the family. I'll give you a great example. The woman who you may have seen in Northern California, who was uh, punched in the face by a white male who had just beaten to the ground, a Vietnamese uh, old elderly man, and was running from that scene, came upon the Asian woman, punched her in the face, and then, uh, somebody tackled him to the ground and she took a board and smacked him on the head, you know, in, in, in to her, for her reaction, you know, her son set up a a GoFundMe and she got like over a million dollars. Do you know what she did? She gave that million to stop AAPI hate and other organizations. Why did she do that? It, It, you know, it's part of that. I don't want this kind of attention right? I don't want to be singled out. It's don't air your dirty laundry. And, and so that again, just exasperates and makes the, the model minority label more pervasive than it should be. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I don't want to shit on anyone. It is true. It is part of that culture. I, I'm a I'm a constant embarrassment to my family because <laughs> I'm so much in the public eye, and I say what's on my mind, and I trying to lead this effort towards you know uh, peace and and love, and but the fact that I'm doing it all over on camera and on the airwaves is embarrassing mm-hmm. because I'm bringing attention. So so our culture has to. Understand and make a difference. And there's many Asian women right now. Uh, Dionne Lamb, who's a beautiful reporter up in Northern California, she's been covering a ton of Asian hate because people trust her to speak up. Uh, to her, uh, that's the that's that first step for our culture to be able to. You know, I was called a gook last year. I didn't report it. Because I didn't, you know, it's like, well, you know, it's not that big of a deal, but it's a big deal. Like that's, that's Asian eight right there. Gook uh-huh. is a term that was from the Korean War for goodness sakes. So uh-huh. I, you know, we're, we're Asian women as examples of, you know, let's, let's not be quiet. Let's okay. speak up. Now, there's a consequence to that, you know, from your whole, your, how you're perceived but it's worth it because we all have to really start saying, hey, wait a minute. You know, the America that I came to, I was actually born in Canada. As I told you, I became American after 9-11. I was in the first group inducted after 9-11. Hmm. And you may have seen me singing the anthem on, on Channel 7 because I'm a retired lounge lizard. But the camera guy found my voice and <laughs> stuck the mic in my, in my face. and So I was singing on, on Channel 7, proud to be American. But I've got to tell you, this last year since George Floyd, I became much more educated on how this country was built, mm-hmm. and be and and much more vocal about why we are where we are. If you haven't watched Thirteenth,
0: mm-hmm. please do.
1: It's a great documentary that that for me connected the dots between slavery and how you know the prison industry is still booming. And that what, ninety some percent never saw trial because they they are encouraged to plea bargain and put in guilty. And so this whole idea of you know if you do the crime you do the time that's bull shiitake. Uh-huh. You know our system of policing obviously is broken. Our system of jail is broken. Uh-huh. Our system of you know not talking about differences is broken. And and understanding. And and owning the fact that, you know, when the guy says, make American great again, he's talking about make America white again. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm getting in trouble for saying that. But look at what happened on Capitol Hill. Mm -hmm. Look at what's happening in all of the pushback. It's against people of color. So we have to be really cognizant of what is going on right now. We cannot say This is, you know, all lives matter or blue lives matter. Yes, that's true. But we have to be honest that this is people against people of color. Mm -hmm. You know, sending back is against people of color. We have to get our arms around and our heart around that we truly are a nation of hope for all colors. And the way we were born was not that way. We took land from the Native Americans. We stole land. From the Native Americans. Mm-hmm. We we built plantations on the back of slaves who were brought to our country without free consent. So until we are honest about that and own that and say, instead of saying, Well, I didn't have slaves, mm-hmm. of course you didn't have slaves. But your forefathers had slaves, mm-hmm. and then the all the top the blue blood families, they did. Mm-hmm. You know, so quit elevating people whose money came from that era. Mm -hmm. That's like, you know, drop the mic on that one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All these great companies that we think are, oh, wow, look at them. We buy their products. It's like, hello, where did they get their money from? What, where did they get their start from? And begin to buy your consumer goods. We're coming out of the, out of the pandemic now, instead of just buying what you used to buy, do a little research mm-hmm. and support the companies that are supporting value and diversity. Mm-hmm. Don't buy from anyone who went to Capitol Hill mm-hmm. or is posting MAGA. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, that the, to me, that is how we're all going to shift from what's wrong. It's not, I mean, protests are great, honking horns is great, but please. Put your action where your upset is Mm -hmm. and stop being upset. That's the other thing. If you combat all of this with hate, right? That's why I wanted to move from stop uh, AAPI hate to choosing solidarity Mm -hmm. is because if you hate racists, you're still hating, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right? It's still hate. Yeah. So instead of fighting against what you don't want, turn the stick. This is from law of attraction, Abraham Hicks. Turn your attention to what you want. Mm -hmm. So instead of stop hate, I want equality, justice, love, peace. So how do we move towards that Mm -hmm. as a positive motion forward instead of, you know, war against drugs, war against obesity, war against hate? That, That hate is still hate. So that's the the semantic and the life focus direction that we all have to embrace. Every time you say I hate, you're still bringing attention to what you don't want. Uh When I say I love, I'm bringing attention to what I do want Uh instead of what I don't want. That's a focus. And that is the number one powerful tool that each one of us have no matter how old you are or young you are or where you live. It is choice. Mm -hmm. It's a C word. It's not commitment or club. It's choice. We as human beings have forgotten our most powerful tool. You know how I know that every morning, what do you do? You reach for your device and you start scrolling and your attention and your focus and your choice gets abdicated by whoever has the funniest videos or the most sensational news that you you get stuck in that quagmire of the riptide of bad news. And you click and click and click. Before you know it, an hour of your time is gone. You'll never get it back. And mm-hmm. you have interesting or not interesting facts about people who don't even matter. Right. <laughs> so that's your choice. Uh-huh. That is your choice. Now, I let myself do that once a week right? Because I'm not perfect. I'm 88% fabulous. That's why I say 88% happy, Uh right? Everybody is 88% fabulous. Uh They have a 12% side that's good for contrast. You cannot be 100% happy, Uh cannot be 100% uh, fabulous. Because if you have no contrast, if you're 100% happy, you're dead. So we don't want that. We don't Uh want dead people walking around. So 88% is also your double good fortune of being happy. So you can't see me, but if you Google Dr. Marissa, you'll see I am Chinese and eight is a lucky number in Chinese. It's a homonym for good fortune. That's why I use all the eights. So 88% happy, 88% fabulous takes the dis-ease of perfectionism out of the equation. So many of us are running around trying to be perfect And say, I'll be happy when this is done. I'll be happy when racism is over. I'll be happy when policing is restored. I'll be happy when, when, when. You're never going to be happy. Mm -hmm. Because that when bar moves. So if the best chance we have to make America beautiful, period, end of story, not again, Mm -hmm. is if we are 88% good starting with ourselves? Mm -hmm. Am I good with me? Do I think I'm okay 88% of the time? Because most of the conflict comes around, all of us walking around going, am I okay? How many likes do I have? Am I approved of? Am I respected? Who likes me? And that is the worst way to to define who you are. Mm -hmm. If all of us, owned our own everything, our heritage, our experience, our pain in life, our relationships, all of that is ours in my hula hoop. Am I good 88% of the time? If not, you're going to attract things that are not good into your life. So it all stops, the buck stops right over here. And the pandemic has been the best time for us to ask that question I just came out with my first short film called The New PPP, Post-Pandemic Possibilities. Mm-hmm. And it's all based on how good are you now? How, how you know, coming out of this pandemic, do we really want to go back to the way it was? Right. Where we had the majority of the people hating their jobs, living for their weekends. By the way, that's only two days out of seven. Mm-hmm. So let, let's look at ourselves first here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I, yeah, I like everything you shared. I feel like we could just end it right there. (laughs) Uh, Well, I, as we were talking, I thought I should have asked this at the beginning, just in case anyone doesn't know, but can you tell us what AAPI stands for? And actually, as we're recording this, it's AAPI Heritage Month. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Asian American
1: Pacific Islander. And it's an inclusive term because Asian-Americans is, doesn't include uh, Hawaiians and Samoans. That's the Pacific Islanders okay. and other island uh, folk too. Yeah. So AAPI is a very inclusive Asian-Americans. It's also, you know, one of the questions I, I get to speak on this, obviously, as I am here with you, you and uh, facilitate, I facilitate listening sessions. So if you're a city want to do something, you can hire me to facilitate a listening session in your community, which helps people voice where they are. You know, a lot of people have never come face to face with all of the sadness and the anger that comes with being made fun of being told you have jaundice because you're yellow, or any of those Mm -hmm. things that just are really hurtful. The question that comes up is, you know, how do you group? all Asians. Asians are so different. Right. And it is true. Right. You know, Chinese, Japanese, Korean right there are three completely different races. But we do, we all have that, you know, the umbrella, just like uh, African Americans talk about diverse, you're talking about, you know, night and day kind of, of countries that are grouped in that as well as Latin Americans. So but recognizing that Asian-Americans is different than Black Americans, mm-hmm. right? Or diff- is different than Latin Americans. So it's like it's a grouping within a grouping and then there's It's just like that stew I just told you. Yeah. Right? So Asian-Americans could be an Asian-American stew, but the Koreans who are the the kimchi, right? Or the, the uh, Chinese who are the my favorite is mushu pork, so we'll say mushu pork. So the, the, the difference is in the, the variety, using food as a distinction, but not boiling down an entire culture in just their food. But the reality is we do have differences in food. So it's, again, that it's a skill to be able to value diversity without stereotyping in a negative way, but acknowledging that there is a group difference. That's why this is so hard especially for Americans. Americans, white Americans grow up in an educational system that says, what's the right answer? So we're comfortable with saying, what, what is it? Is it black, white, good, bad, right, wrong? What category does it go into? Behind diversity is completely different than that. Everything is gray, it depends. And that's why we have such a difficulty embracing value, of valuing diversity. Differences are not easy to hold in one place. You know, when we see differences, uh, my best example is walking by a microwave at work and you smell something that you don't like. The normal response is, Ugh, what is that?" Ugh. they should have a notification on the bulletin board saying, don't, bring these things to, to the microwave, right? (laughs) That's your normal difference equals less than difference equals bad Mm -hmm. difference equals avoid difference equals you're stupid. You know, how dare you now? Am I asking the majority to walk by the microwave and go, Oh, wow, cool. Let me have some, let me try some. No, that's stupid. No one's asking everybody to love everything and sing kumbaya. That's not possible, mm-hmm. right? Everybody has preferences. So what is the answer? The answer is the middle ground. It's the balance. You walk by, and you go, "Hmm, I probably won't try that, but I wonder what it is." So difference equals curiosity. Difference equals, "Oh, let's let's explore that. Let's let's look at that in a neutral." way maybe tinging on positive but a neutral way that's why it's so difficult to get to value and diversity because it's not an extreme it's right in that middle and it's just valuing something that you're not you're, you don't know of mm-hmm. so the opposite of that so let me let me let me do go way back in history why is it so difficult to value differences because as human beings Differences in the old days was not a good thing. Mm. If you were a cave person and you walked out into out of your cave and you're looking around, what are you looking for? Differences. And you better be good at looking for differences for that woolly mammoth that you don't understand what it is is going to eat you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So when you saw a difference, it was alert, 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 fight or flight. That's our normal human wired Uh, response to differences yeah however i I haven't seen any woolly mammoths lately have you Mm -hmm. so right now when you see a difference it's most likely not life-threatening right Mm -hmm. Uh, unfortunately these days with all the hate that's going around that may not be true for very long Mm -hmm. because more and more people are buying pepper spray and guns and all of Mm -hmm. that which is horrible Mm -hmm. so but we're getting so before we i want to arrest that movement and say differences are most of the time good. And the studies have shown that if you have diversity in your organization, you will have more creative and innovative solutions. So there's your commercial for seeing value in differences. Mm-hmm. So we're not in woolly mammoth. Can we all just take a forking breath? before we react to a difference mm-hmm. and, and look at it as exploring, looking at it as a bridge. When someone says to you, can you pronounce my name this way? Instead of jumping off your ledge and getting your undies all in a bundle because someone's asking you to do something different. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, you would think it was the end of the world if I have to try to learn how to pronounce your name because it's different than Tom, Dick, or Harry. Like, come on. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. There's a happy 88 too. I-N-T-B-O-A-D. Before you jump off the ledge of, oh my God, what is our country coming to? Oh, i got to learn somebody's name. How dare they? God, they need to change their name into something easier that I can pronounce. Come on, people. Yeah. Come on. You are a proud American who had a message of hope For all these decades, of all these centuries, why can't we continue that beautiful message of hope? Mm -hmm. Why? Mm -hmm. Why? Because you don't like multiple skin colors in your country? Mm -hmm. Hey, our country was founded on that. So let's not forget that. Let's really embrace that message of hope for all. Mm-hmm. whatever your, it's written into our constitution. That's our America. We've had people die to put in our constitution, the, the you know, one nation under God, one, you know, no discrimination, mm-hmm. right? No discrimination. Martin Luther King died for that. Uh, uh, John F. Kennedy died for that. So, so let's not forget that we had a right. civil war so that we wouldn't have that. Right. Please don't let that come back. Yeah. Please, everybody own oh, the beautiful diversity that is God Blessing America.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll get off so so my No, no, that was great. <laughs> I love that. I told you you would be inspired after hearing Dr. Marissa speak. I could listen to her talk for hours and I don't even think she really needed me there to ask the questions because she can do it all on her own. It was so good to learn more about Asian hate though, because like I said, it hasn't gotten the attention it's deserved in our country, even though it's been prevalent for a very long time. But I feel inspired to be a part of the change and I hope you do too. There's more where that came from, so make sure you tune back in for part two next week. You want to subscribe to the show so that you know when it's available. You can subscribe on whatever app you're listening on or on your desktop browser. And that's also where you'll find the links to everything Dr. Marissa and I mentioned today, including the link to shop Madison Reed. Make sure you check those out in the show notes or on my website, heartfelthappy.com. And until next time, consider how you can better embrace the differences around you. Remember that diversity is what makes us beautiful and keep seeking to get enlightened. Peace out.